Welcome to the Community of Broken Spirit podcast. We are a group of people who unwittingly became a community when we found ourselves together in a business. Through years of meeting and working together, we, from different church backgrounds, discover just what it takes to love one another, what and all. As God empowered us to comprehend His incredible love, we found ourselves more and more distant from the institutional church, finding it somewhat consumed, preoccupied, and quite removed from the lives we live. It was not exactly a healthy place to be in, for us and for our families. We return to his simple gospel, to know God, to be loved, and to love one another. Perhaps this place may inspire some, that us before, who inadvertently found themselves without a life or church to desire after him again. Each season, we will be sharing stories of our members, sharing the raw, unedited journey of how we came to find Christ and what our lives look like today. We hope by sharing our stories, we can inspire others to avoid the mistakes we made and encourage each other to keep going. Hearing the voice of God, Yada, Y-A-D-A. I shared in the last episode the restoration of a relationship as children of God through Jesus. And when we accept the gift of the Holy Spirit He sent to us, we can and are able to communicate with God directly, right? So with that, we can now learn how to hear the voice of God. Let me start by teaching you two key words, Yada and Rima. Uh, let me talk first about Yada, Y-A-D-A, in this episode. So, what did Adam and Eve, the first human couple, create in their first act of creation? They created a baby, right? They created, uh, actually two babies, they created Cain and Abel. In the Bible, the King James Version says that Adam knew Eve and they produced Cain. The word knew, actually, is Yada in Hebrew. When Adam knew Eve, they produced a baby. So this yada means uh, knowing someone personally or being intimately connected with someone. In order to be able to hear God's voice, you need to yada or to know God. In the first episode, I posed this question. If your father telephones you today, do you know it's your father on the other end of the phone? You would, right? Why? Because you recognize his voice. Now, if a stranger calls and says, I'm your father, then you might be confused or suspicious, won't you? You might ask him some questions like, what is your name? When is my birthday? Because as a father, he must know intimate details about you. So before you can hear or recognize God's voice, you must really hear that. And that is to know God very well and intimately first. Make sense? So some people hear voices speaking to them. And they're not sure if it's God speaking to them or not. Yeah, the devil is a pretender and a liar and will try to trick you into thinking he's God if you do not know him well enough. I mean, if you do not know God well enough. That is why we really need to yada with God. Only then, when he speaks to you, you will instantly know it is him speaking and not the devil. 
knowing God is not knowing about God. So we have established that in order to hear God's voice, you need to know God first, right? So now, knowing God and knowing about God are two different things. For example, who knows President Obama? Like, really know him. You can read all about him. You can watch all his videos, listen to all his speeches, right? And this may create that feeling that perhaps you know him. But in reality, you don't know him. You only know about him. Imagine if you went to the White House and said, I want to see Mr. Obama. And the staff asks if you have an appointment. And you tell them, no, but I know him. His staff will simply tell you this before showing the door. Everyone knows him, but does he know you? Fat chance they will let you meet him if he doesn't know you. So, the first condition to be able to hear God's voice is to really know Him personally. Yada means getting involved in a very intimate relationship. For example, I'm talking about close relationships such as your family or your friends. How do you grow your relationships with them? You spend a lot of time with them, right? You talk to them, you listen to them, you start to understand how they feel, you know how they would respond to something or feel about something. It's the same with God. You have to start spending a lot of intimate time with Him in order to know Him. Logos. Let me introduce another word, Logos, to you. L-O-G-O-S. When you are born, can you speak English? Can you speak Mandarin or any other languages? You must first learn the language, right? So when you're learning, learning English, for example, you have to start from ABCs, right? Say you start learning English from a young age and then receive formal education in English at a primary school. But if you want to be a law professor, you cannot just go from primary school and then do a doctorate in Harvard, right? You have to go through high school, then you have to go to college, you have to get very good grades before you can even dream of going to get a PhD from Harvard. So you must progress continually, but you cannot do that if you do not have the foundation or the basic requirement in English. You cannot study law in English unless you have a very good command of the English language, right? That makes sense? Similarly, the Bible is like the ABC of the language of God to me. The foundation before we can advance to hearing and recognizing the voice of God. It is the Logos word, the written word of God, a compilation of eyewitnesses' accounts and writings of and about devout men and women who knew God intimately for thousands of years before our time. Logos is a good foundation for us to start from in order to know, in order to get to know our Father God once again. For example, my father passed away many, many years ago. If he had left behind his last words to me, do you think you'd be precious to me? Yeah, right? Of course you would. I would preserve it so well and read it every time I miss him or when I need his wisdom. His words would mean so much to me. It would be priceless. If he had written me a book, I would love it and I would treasure it very much. I'd probably read it every day or as much as I could for up to this day, I still miss him so much. Then one day, if I pass on and I leave his book for my children, they do not know my father personally because he passed away before they were born. 
but if they read the book or his book, he may they may get an understanding of what he's like and maybe even know what he means to me and even see a bit of me in him. Still, the book will be like Logos to them. They do not know my father personally. Similarly, although the Bible is called the Word of God, it's not the Rima word. It is the Logos, the foundation from which we can advance from in order to know him better. And from there, that's when the Rima comes in. Yada before Rima. Now you may be asking what Rima is. That's a good question. But first, we have to go deeper into this subject of Yada. Yada comes because you have a personal relationship with God, just like my personal relationship with my father. And it's not because you read a lot about him. A lot of people read the Bible. They think they know God, but as you may know, Yada is a two-way communication street, not just by one person reading and knowing about the other. Did you know that in Japan, many people are so busy that instead of visiting their parents in the senior retirement homes, they pay actors to act as them and to visit them on special occasions. The paid actors go to the old folks' home, pretending to be their children, talking about things from information provided by the real children, and the parents go along with it, just to feel good and cared for. But is it really the real thing? Do they really feel the love after the charade is over? Another example, say you are in love with your boyfriend and or your girlfriend, but all the time throughout the 10-year relationship, you only texted with each other, you never met each other in person, you see each other online only. Do you think or really believe you have an intimate relationship? Or say if you are dating someone and every weekend you both go out to do a lot of exciting things that take up all the time and zap up all your energy, leaving no time to chat, or talk about your personal feelings or thoughts about the future, and so on, can you really say you know each other well? Or if you try very hard and do everything to serve the needs of the other person, trying hard while he or she just takes things for granted without sharing or caring about each other's thoughts and feelings, even if you have sex and enjoy the physical intimacy, it may not mean you really yada each other. In any relationship, it's not just about doing everything that only you like to do. Otherwise, that doesn't count as a relationship, right? A relationship has two sides to it. It's a two-way relationship of receiving, learning, and enjoying each other's company and discovering intimate details of each other. Discovering our likes and dislikes, our thoughts, our feelings, our character, and habits, and so on. So it has to go beyond the physical realm into the emotional, the mental, and the spiritual realm. That, my friend, is Yada. It requires an investment of time and of love in every aspect of our being. It's 100% in, or it's not going to be satisfying or fulfilling. So is my relationship with God. It's not a third-party relationship to pre pretending to be someone close, a one-way, self-serving, meet-when-I-got-nothing-better-to-do relationship, and it's definitely not a work relationship. Remember, 
We are sons and daughters of God. We are not servants of God. I have a helper at home. She's a fantastic helper. Nora, she cooks, she cleans very well, and I think she loves my family and we treat her equally well. But at the end of it, it's a work relationship only. She's not my child and I'm not her mother. After working for several years with us, she feels that she will have a better future to be a school teacher in Indonesia. And I have to release her, right? Her time of employment is over and she has to leave us. She cries, but you know, she knows we're not family. She's not my child. Her real family, her real life and her future is in Indonesia. Remember what I said earlier, knowing about Obama is not the same as knowing him. Now, many people think in order to know God, we need to set a, have a set routine or method, and then it becomes work. For example, one writer suggests that we must spend 45 minutes a day in the praying in the morning, 45 minutes praying at night, and 50 minutes reading the Bible every day. And one must go to church in order to get close to God. Do you feel that you can talk to God only in church? Maybe, but for me, most of the time, it can be difficult with so many people there. Going back to the dating example, you cannot go on dates with your boyfriend or girlfriend when you're always with a group of friends all the time, right? If you want to go on a date with a boyfriend and girlfriend, you want to get to know that person intimately one-to-one. If you're always in a group, how can you do that? Right? Now with God, He's everywhere. He's omnipresent, right? You don't have to go to church to spend time with Him and to get to know Him. I found that some of my best conversations or times with God have been when I'm driving, for example. For two years, I drove home alone after dropping my daughter, my youngest daughter off at her dorm at the Singapore Sports Schools on Sunday nights. It's quite a long drive on the deserted highway passing mostly dark forested areas. Sometimes I get so caught up with him that I tell the Holy Spirit, I don't want to drive. You take over the wheels, please. I just want to worship God or to pray or to shout and to cry my heart out to him, especially for my baby girl who wants to go out there on her own at the age of 13 to pursue her sporting dreams. Looking back, those were some of the best times where I enjoyed the best conversations with God when God spoke to me clearly and personally and provided his greatest comfort and assurance. It requires quietness. It requires honesty. It requires one-to-one time. It's not about getting emotionally high. Some people think they get into the presence of God only when they worship in a big group at church where the music is deafening or the lyrics are very touching and everyone is excited and can feel the Spirit and God. Yeah, maybe. I've been caught up in the same euphoria too. I mean, God can be there, will be there, when we worship Him in spirit and in truth. But it doesn't help us develop that one-to-one intimacy with Him. So to me, before we can start to recognize our Father's voice without any doubt, Knowing Him, yadaing Him is the most important thing. I will explain how that is related to the second important word, Rima, R-H-E-M-A, 
in the next episode in order to be able to hear the voice of God. Hi there! If you found that this episode resonates with you or if you would like to share your story, please drop a review at Apple Podcast. It will serve a fresh dose of blessings to those of us who work so hard to produce the content of this podcast. By doing so, you will also help more people find this podcast. If you are interested, we also have a blog at communityofbrokenspirit.org. Again, it's communityofbrokenspirit.org, where we post twice a week stories and parts of our members' journals from past and present years. Thank you so much. Remember, you matter.